Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. If this is your first time, please go on ahead and hit subscribe. We absolutely love the fact that you're here and we know that you're going to be inspired. Uh, today's guest is Martha Diaz. I'm excited to bring her on. She's a wonderful, wonderful veteran and her story is just so inspiring and how she got started investing. So I'm excited to, uh, to push this out to you. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Martha at the last Rod event, uh, Rod Khalif event. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with Rod Khalif, he is a multifamily investor and a public speaker. Um, he's empowering the lives of many individuals out there, teaching them how to you know, learn how to invest in multifamily real estate. He really demystifies the process and he's an amazing guy. He's also written the foreword to our first ever book, Uh, that we published, Military House Hacking. If you guys haven't grabbed a copy of that or don't know what I'm talking about, take a look on our website. You'll be able to get a free digital copy of it there. Or if you'd like something a little uh, more firm, you can always get a paperback copy on Amazon. Just look up Military House Hacking in Amazon. You'll be able to grab uh, both the Kindle version and the paper copy of our book. All right. Uh, But yeah, so Definitely had a great uh, experience uh, meeting Martha face-to-face. Again, like I said, her story is going to inspire you, so I can't wait uh, to bring that out. But I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in the community. We have a lot of awesome, awesome energy and people that have... Um, that have hit the the Facebook group. We've we've officially uh, surpassed five thousand people, and it just seems like uh, individuals are flooding in right now, which is amazing because that means more and more people are hearing about our community, and they're inspired to you know get a little information and potentially change their lives uh, for the better. So we're all we're all excited about that. Um, and if you know somebody who can benefit from this, please feel free, reach out, you know, um, get them involved in the community, get them tapped in, whether through the Facebook group or through the website or through our coaching or whatever it is that, that, uh, that they need or that you need, uh, feel free to reach out guys. Uh, we're also starting to do a lot of meetups now. Um, we took on realtors, right? We're our, sorry, real estate agents rather, uh, we're partnering with them and they're helping us. Uh, expand by you know creating local meetups and and uh, giving seminars uh, to teach people how to buy homes the right way. Uh, it's all awesome stuff, and there's amazing stuff getting on. If you are um, someone who wants to figure out how to tap in to uh, to that as well, please feel free to reach out. All right, go ahead and email connect at activedutypassiveincome.com. Again, that's connect at activedutypassiveincome.com, or if you're looking to uh, to buy a house um, and you're in a particular area, by all means, feel free and reach out to that channel as well. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of awesome stuff going on, and, um, and I'm really excited. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm PCSing to Hawaii right now. I'm in Florida currently, and I'm getting ready to head out there on Wednesday, but I'm excited to be there. My wife got orders out there, uh, and so I am traveling out to that particular market um, and will be there for a few years. I'm excited to uh, host some meetups, do some seminars, and to you know help, uh, help folks out there and, and meet people. Um, really, really excited about this opportunity. So if you uh, would like to connect, by all means, feel free to reach out on Facebook or 
um, or whatever, right? And let's uh, let's definitely go out there and do it. But anyway, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and kick on the show. Uh, we also have, oh, 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 before I forget, one of the big reasons why I wanted to come on to this morning, I wanted to make an announcement, a huge announcement, all right? I am getting a co-host for the show, all right? We're so excited. Uh, we got Kevin Brenner, who is going to be our co-host for the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. If you guys have seen him out there with his coffee with Kevin's, uh, he's out there crushing it, um, leading the charge on the Adam uh, membership. This is the Action Takers Only membership, um, which you know you can get right now for a really hot deal if you'd like uh, to be a part of that as a, a monthly coaching. I believe it's ten dollars for like the next twenty four hours. But you know, hey, <laughs> um, you know, even still, it'll still be an awesome deal if that's something you decide you want to do. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's an amazing club that he started, and he is passionate about you know educating folks out there. He he approached us about you know becoming a co-host of the podcast. He was really excited, and I honestly think he's a great fit. So I'm excited to introduce him uh, in the, the episodes to come. We're definitely going to be hearing a lot from him, so you know that that is the case. Um, we also have some amazing interviews lined up for you. Uh, one particular. Uh, Jocko Willink, author of the um, Ownership, Extreme Ownership book, which is an amazing uh, book. If you haven't picked that up, definitely recommend you go and read that. Um, But yeah, we have some awesome interviews lined up for you. Definitely excited about it. And uh, I think that's it. So anyway, let's go ahead and kick on the interview. Again, we've got Martha Diaz coming up. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. We have one of the most special guests I think we will ever have on the show. Her name is Martha Diaz from Jupiter, Florida. What's going on, Martha? Hey, nothing much. So excited to be here. Thanks for bringing me on. We are excited to have you here, Martha. Uh, I know that you have a story that's going to uh, really touch a lot of folks out there, and I'm, I'm hoping that you know, folks listening will maybe contact you, give you some support on your journey and, you know, and we'll, we'll make this whole thing uh, go around. But anyway, I want to get into it. Martha, can you please tell us where you're at uh, now and maybe, or maybe a little bit about your military background. Let's start there. Military background and how you got started. Okay, great. So I, uh, I enlisted when I was uh, 17 mm-hmm. and uh, I went first in the National Guard then went active duty, climbed to the ranks, went to college on a green to gold scholarship uh, to get commissioned, got commissioned, uh, came back on active duty army and uh, was an officer for the last uh, 15 years of my career. Awesome. Um, I was able to, because 
I am a doer. I like to do stuff. Yeah. And I always volunteer for stuff, believe it or not, even when people are saying, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was in all uh, components of the Army, the National Guard, the Reserve, and active duty. Really? Uh, I was active duty, regular Army, and active duty AGR. So if you have any questions about all that stuff, please feel free because I worked HR and I know the ins and outs. Man. Oh, HR is not easy, by the way. That is not an easy community at all. So kudos for you for taking that on, volunteering to do that. Whew. Gosh, man. Okay. So you've been around the block then with the Army, huh? You've done a yes. lot. Yes. Yes. Uh, total of uh, uh, 24 years, give or take, because the two years of college were kind of in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm familiar with that too. So if you're looking to get commission, uh, just give me a holler. I can help you. All right. Awesome. Were there, I mean, I guess real quick plug since we're talking about it, was there anything special that you had to do when you commissioned for the army? I know that in the Navy, typically there is a, an application process there's an interview. Uh, obviously there are education requirements and, um, outside of that, that's pretty much it. I mean, once you get past into the interview phase and they approve you, you're good to go. Is there anything else that the army does that's separate? Uh, well, the, my program, there's different programs of getting commissioned, but my program was specifically going through the um, ROTC program, the college ROTC program. Got it. So, ROTC. Right. So because I was uh, enlisted, I only had to do the last two years, plus I already had like three years of college at that point. Nice. So I just finished my last uh, four semesters, basically, of college, got commissioned. But within that process... Uh, you go through uh, different uh, camps, you know, different training that you have to do and, and score, you know, obviously appropriately keep uh, GPA and then uh, your instructors uh, also will recommend you. And so therefore you'll end up whether at the branch that you want to be or the one that you absolutely hate, <laughs> depending on how you score, you know, because everything is about right. the score. Right, right, right. Uh, sure. But lucky for me, I was a uh, distinguished uh, military grad, and uh, so I had all the points. All right. And I got everything that I wanted. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, you were a hard worker then, had to have been, so that's good. Uh, being a, being a doer, I'm sure, right? As you yes, know. I like to do stuff. Yeah, you so aptly put. That is awesome. Well, uh, well, doing stuff can definitely lead to a lot of big, big success. You know, um, I know that firsthand, and I know that for sure. Uh, seeing so many countless stories on uh, people just getting into real estate and doing something and being successful at it, but sometimes, you know, you hit some setbacks too. You know, and you got to be ready to to bounce with it so oh yes yeah i, I hear that <laughs> so um so can you tell us about your first experience with real estate yes so i was a young e5 uh, sergeant in the army and uh, i went to visit my friend in charleston south carolina mm. and they had just bought a house and i thought what they bought a house that's cool i want one yeah so i was uh, almost pcsing at that time uh, and I went to Virginia and said, Hey, I, I want to buy a house. How do I do it? And I had this, uh, real estate lady just, you know, by chance, I think I looked her up through some Amway thing that I was selling at the time. And you get like the discount, you know, cause I'm all about the discount. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I ended up with this lady 
uh, Cindy Angioni was her name. And uh, she pretty much taught me all there was to know because I knew nothing. You know, we're immigrants to this country. So I had no idea uh, about anything. No one in my, in my family had ever owned a home or anything. So it was all new. Uh, I was uh, uh, 23 years old. And uh, so I went and found the house and did everything and went back to my duty station, finished up, you know, signed out and drove with my little uh, U-Haul and uh, went and did the closing and moved into my brand new house to me, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that was very exciting. I was, like I said, the first one in my entire family to own a home Mm -hmm. and I used my VA benefit, of course. And then um, I got roommates to pay for it. <laughs> nice. So you that was the best awesome. part. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So before that was a word, we were actually doing it. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Yeah. I mean, these terms come up and I'm sure the term will probably change like a decade <laughs> from now. It is what it is. Right. Right. But, but yeah, no, that's perfect. So you found the way to military house hack. You were out there bought your first home. You had roommates in there that were helping pay your mortgage, maybe putting some money in your pocket too. That's a that's yes. great. That's yes. Awesome. Yes. All right. And, and that house allowed me to make that jump, to go from uh, being enlisted and getting commissioned, you know, and getting my college degree because I've been working on it for a while, but it's difficult when you're doing just a part-time, you know, and you have your full-time uh, requirements, you know, throughout the day. <clears throat> so it was like what you know now or never kind of thing. I remember my commander uh, said to me, "Hey, you know, you you should do this." And you know, people tell you throughout your career, but I was a little, not a little. I was very committed to being an NCO, and I was very proud of that. And you know how we play that us versus them, you know, game. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I really felt that you know in my heart that you know oh, I'm an NCO, you know, I'm gonna do this. Right. But. This commander uh, said to me, listen, you're doing the same thing. I mean, we're all on the same team. Go get commission. Do it now while you're young, before you have kids, you know, and a husband and all this. And I listened and I did it. But that house was uh, very important because when I left, I rented it. And I was making actually cash flow. I was making $148 every month. Nice. There you go. <laughs> and that was a lot of money back in, you know, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. You know, so you were making some good cash flow. Um, you know, the schooling expenses, was that paid for through the ROTC or did you have to come out of pocket for that? No, I, uh, that's the beauty of that scholarship. So at the time they've changed, you know, some of the rules and what right. they pay and they don't, mm-hmm. but now at uh, that time <clears throat> they would, uh, pay 80% of your college tuition. Okay. Uh, the reason why I went to the college I went to was because of a friend, you know, who said, Hey, you should check this out. This is before the internet, by the way. So you have to <laughs> have somebody to tell you, you know, something in order for you to look it up on the book and then maybe right. have a phone number to call. Right. Uh, it wasn't as easy as now. True. Good point. <laughs> so uh, the Army was paying uh, 80%, you know, ROTC. And this college offered uh, to pick up the, the extra 20% and they would give me room and board, you know, like throw it in kind of for free. Wow. So I came to college and I paid zero dollars 
for nothing. I mean, you know, everything was paid for. Right. And at the time, we used to get $100 a month. You know, I call it the beer money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, my last year, so I was there two years. Uh, my last year went up to 150 Now it's a lot more, like 300 400 500 You know, they make a lot more now. But, you know, things have changed. Right. But that's great, though. So you had a little bit of beer money coming in. And exactly. you had some passive income coming in from your yes. first real estate purchase, which is great. So you must have been the queen on campus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was older for sure. You know, I was 24 by then. And uh, most kids, you know, were right out of uh, high school, you know, 17. And my peers were 20 years old. I was four years older, but, right. you know, I was a little more mature. I had already spent six years in the army and all that. So, yeah. and but it was a... Uh, Hey. Uh, yeah, I did. I had a house. Like, yeah, who, did, who had a house? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. That is awesome, man. Great. So, I mean, hey, so things were a success at that point, right? I mean, everything worked well? Yes, absolutely. It was, uh, I, I couldn't have predicted that things would work out like so well. I mean, honestly, right. uh, you know, anything that we take on in life, uh, there's always that fear. And if you don't have that fear, that stomach, you know, crunching feeling, right? And you're not doing it right, because it's supposed to feel that way. You know, it's not natural to jump off of buildings or airplanes, right? right. So you should have a little bit of excitement <laughs> when you're doing something that's out of the ordinary, and that's exactly what I did. Exactly. You know, I, I just jumped, and I don't regret any of it uh, because it was the right time for me. I was already, you know, like 23. And I remember my commander saying, Hey, you have a birthday coming up soon. You're going to be 30 or 40 like me. And you know, if you're going to do it, do it, just jump. And I did. So I'm really glad that, uh, I did it when I did it. Um, you know, we'd never at that point, nine 11, you know, was not even a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, things, you know, obviously change um, for the worse in many ways, but then for the better in other ways, because, you know, life changes, you know, every day while we do not welcome the bad things, but remember, there's always good things that come with it. So I try to always look at that angle, you know? Amen. I believe that hundred percent, you know, that's true. Sometimes we get so absorbed with what's going on in our life. Uh, and we don't see what's going on in other people's lives. Sometimes we miss that beauty. Exactly. It's like getting wrapped up in, in your own head and telling yourself these lies that, oh, this is my situation. This is what I'm in. It's like, no, man, change that mindset. Get out of there, right? Think about something else. Absolutely. And there's always something good, you know, that comes out of whatever you're doing. But if you're stuck in whatever part of your life, whatever I call it lives that we live, because we have many lives. Yeah. Just change, you know, change it up. Change it up. Love it. Love it. That is awesome. All right, Martha. That's amazing. So love it. I, I mean, you, you went in there head first. You said, you know what? I'm going to figure it out on the fly. Let's make this happen. It worked out for you. Everything was smooth. You went to college. That was great. So and what happened after that? Did you try and scale up? Did you try and get other homes? Would you, would you run any other challenges or hurdles? Like what, what, what kind of yes. since then? So I kept that house, uh, rent it. I, you know, I had this great uh, uh, property manager, this, the same realtor 
uh, who sold me the house basically. Wow. Worked uh, out. Yeah, it worked out. We were, we were, I, I kept the house uh, for mm, kind of like nine years, I think. Okay. And she was my property manager the whole time. Uh, learned a lot of things with her, you know, uh, how to uh, raise the rent for when people wanted a, a shorter lease. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, when people wanted to have pets, you know, how to uh, just charge them a little more. And that way, you know, you're still friendly to them and you, and you keep your house rented, you know. Uh, so it was uh, while we were distant, you know, because I went on to do my career. Uh, but uh, it was uh, she was like the best uh, realtor, in all honesty, that I've ever come to to know because uh she she taught me you know every step of the way so i really appreciate that from her but um so my career went on and uh i went overseas and you know obviously didn't buy anything over there then i went to alaska you know sort of quasi overseas yeah um and uh and i did buy a house there uh that was also uh that was a fha uh funding and um you know nice little house in north pole alaska like the actual town of north pole wow okay <laughs> how cool is that who's lived in north pole <laughs> that is awesome yeah <laughs> right north pole, alaska that's pretty cool yeah so that was um it was a it was a good purchase it was a perfect house for my yeah. life at that time i got married there in fact we did our wedding in our backyard Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, Alaska have these weird rules where anybody can marry you. So we just like invite a bunch of people from the unit and what? we just had it back because we were deploying on Monday. So we just invited everybody over and that's how it was done. Get out of here, <laughs> man. That is crazy. Anybody can marry you in Alaska, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's wild. All right. Yeah. Can so I, was, can I yeah. ask why you went uh, with an FHA versus a VA loan at that time? Because my VA was uh, used up with the house in Virginia that I had purchased initially. Okay. However, I probably could have used VA, but I didn't know. But didn't know, right? <laughs> you no, know? That's, and that's okay. That was kind of where I wanted to, to take that because- Exactly. Because there's no education on it, right? There's no education on the VA loan in the military and it's- so Nothing. As it was, I was an anomaly. When I, fought, when I bought my first house, right. it was like, you're doing what? Mm. Oh, to get that certificate, it's going to be like 10 years. I mean, the way people made it sound, it was like so difficult. And honestly, it wasn't. It was just, you know, back then it was all paper, obviously, right? Right. But I work admin, so it's like, oh, it can't be that hard. I mean, yeah, you know, right. we do paperwork all day long. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that was kind of the, the understanding of people at the time, you know, like right. things were just so hard, so they wouldn't do it. Mm. It was easier to, to, to buy or, or just to keep renting, you know? Um, but so that was one of the reasons why, you know, ignorance Yeah. in my wow. part, um, but FHA was okay because, you know, there was like a little funding fee or whatever. The house was not that expensive. It was 115,000 right. at the time. Um, and that worked out well. I didn't make any money out of that house. Uh, we ended up PCSing, uh, under distress kind of, you know, one of those where you get the call that says, that's my cat, by the way. 
Um, uh, you can hear him. <laughs> yeah, I can hear him. I was like, I think that's her cat. She's like bending down, so probably petting him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he likes to go outside and. Um, uh, okay. I'm obviously, not paying him attention. I, I thought he wanted to come on the podcast too. I thought he had something to say. Well, his name is Simon because he actually talks to you. Like uh, he's always saying things. Not sure what they mean, but he's always talking. He's very noisy. Says, I love that. I love exactly. That. <laughs> when we met him, I mean, that was the thing. It was like, oh my god, that cat. He won't shut up. His name must be Simon. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Awesome. All right. Cool, cool. All right. So, yeah. So, you came back from Alaska. Things kind of broke even with that house. Did you guys sell it Mm -hmm. right as you left? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, like, literally, you know, signed the paperwork on my way to the airport kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I totally wish I would have kept it, to be honest, because that area was growing. Mm. But, you know, little did I know. This is uh, March 2001. Uh, when we're PCSing and, you know, 9-11, uh, just a few, six months later, right? Uh, changed, you know, the world, period. Right. And uh, our unit that at the time was focused in uh, Arctic, you know, tactics and warfare and defending from the Russians of possible, you know, uh, invasion through, right. through the Alaska. Uh, it became that, you know, no, they were really relevant because we were on a light unit, light infantry. So that became, you know, very important for the army uh, to fight, you know, the the next two decades at yeah, least. Very you know? nice. Right. Yeah, yeah. True. Uh, so North Pole is now like a big town. <laughs> when we lived there, it was very, very small. But uh, all of the contracts, you know, and the, the army itself and many other you know, it's not just the military that has grown there, but like the whole thing just kind of exploded. Right. But hey, who knew, right? Who knew? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's life. And that's one of the reasons why it's like, you know, when we're bouncing around from duty station to duty station, why not grab a home? Because you exactly. never know what's going to happen with that place when you're gone. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, man. But wow. Okay. Ah. Yeah, I never lived in housing, uh, not for any you know, particular reason other than I wanted to own my own home. Right. You know, at first when I was enlisted, you know, obviously I lived in the barracks, but uh, when I had the opportunity to rent, I, I moved out and then, you know, my first house. And then I just bought a house every time uh, because it made sense to me. I, I like uh, the ownership part, you know. Uh, I always had uh, projects, you know, I like doing projects. You know, I can paint, I can tile. Um, all of that, you know, little stuff that, that can make such a huge difference, you know. Right. I remember that first house uh, that I bought in Virginia, it didn't even have a little sidewalk, like, to walk up to the door. It was, like, muddy, you know, like, in the front. And I just remember, like, okay, how do we do this? Going to Home Depot and buying a book and, like, reading, because this is before the internet. Um, you know, how do you do this? And so we put concrete, you know, a little sidewalk to get in there and paint it, spray painted the mailbox. And the whole house just looked like a, a new house. Wow. Nice. nice. Sweat equity. Sweat, sweat equity. equity. That's it, you know, and it doesn't take much. You just got to put in a little bit of work here and there. Especially, exactly. Especially if you're in a, a place for what, a year, two years, three years. I mean, that's a lot of, 
a lot of damage you can do, you know, to a home and, and increase that, that sweat equity. And, uh, and you know, what's something I was thinking about just because you break even, you know, after a duty station doesn't mean that's a bad thing. You know, if you think about it, I mean, you're getting your money back, right? Whereas if you were renting, right, right, <laughs> you know, you spend like tens of thousands of dollars in someone else's pocket and you never get that money back. I mean, if, yeah. if the worst case scenario is that you break even, then that's a pretty good day because at least you're getting thirty, forty thousand dollars back at the end of the, you know, your time in your duty station. You can deploy that somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. It, it absolutely. I, I totally recommend it to yeah. those who are still on active duty, uh, and even when you move, you know, even after the military. Like for me, I retired in twenty eleven, and uh, I have moved now twice. Mm-hmm. But I keep buying because I like, again, I like living in my home. You know, I I just like that feeling. Uh, But at the same time, when I have rented, like for short periods, you almost feel like you have your hands tied, you know, like, oh, I really want to change, you know, that wall. But you can't. So I guess, you know, you kind of have to have it in your blood. Um, But uh, I enjoy it. You know, I I just enjoy the, the excitement, the action. The action, <laughs> the action of owning a home. I love it. I love it. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Cool. So yeah. So Martha, I mean, this is, this is phenomenal. You know, this really is something so phenomenal, so simple. You know, you bounced around from duty station, to duty station, you served 24 years in the military, right? Right. 24 years, you know, you were able to knock out two homes. Uh, was there another home in that or, or? Yes. So uh, wow, after okay. that, story's we, not done, guys. The oh story. no, it's not done. It's not oh, done. It's like five more houses. <laughs> let, let, let me shut up and let you go for it. <laughs> so we uh, PCS to Massachusetts, a uh, small town in Western Massachusetts, Massachusetts named uh, Pepperell. Uh, bought a house there. Beautiful home. Uh, definitely. Um, not what we needed for where we were. We had little kids, you know, it was like, whoa, so much work. But uh, we lost money there. Again, we did the closing like July, I don't know, maybe June 30th or something. And then 9-11 happened, you know, all the prices tanked. Right. Uh, immediately after, like six months after I got PCS, you know, one of those, again, you know, when your branch manager calls you at home, <laughs> there is a problem. Right. Uh, so I had to uh, move mm. and uh, it wasn't, you know, conducive for us to, to remain living in that house. So we took, we took a hit on that one. I mean, by the numbers, we sold it $15,000 more than we bought it. But, you know, by the time you get done paying the, all the fees. Cost and tax. Yeah, they, they get you. They get you. Um, but again, you know, it's one of those things. That's part of the adventure. You know, we have this beautiful home in Western Massachusetts, three acres, you know, just the perfect home to raise a little family. We were just uh, busy, strung out, you know, with the Army. We were on two different duty stations and we both had, you know, these crazy commutes and all that. Um, but, you know, life happens. You just got to keep living. Yep. Um, those people who don't have stories, maybe because they haven't been anywhere. But, uh, you know, so so that, that house happened. Uh, we moved to San Antonio. 
uh, Texas uh, got really great deal. This like older home that was a little bit kind of decaying, you know, but like it had some hidden, uh, you know, uh, hidden uh, prices, I guess. Uh, so we moved in. Uh, we <clears throat> left our kids with uh, my sister, came in a week early, repainted the whole thing, retiled the whole thing, you know, just like carpet still. Wow, nice. And, uh, Put a lot of sweat equity mm-hmm. and sold it a year and a half later. Uh, made thirty thousand dollars on it. Woo! Boom. Nice. <laughs> there it is. Boom. Yeah, it's it awesome. was it was awesome uh, to do that. So from there, we we built the house uh, ourselves. We were the general contractor. Wow. Okay. Uh, we, uh, learned to do a lot of things. My, my ex husband at the time, husband, uh, was very handy and, uh, he could do like anything. And, uh, we ended up doing a lot more than we really bargained for because we thought, you know, we're going to build this house and we're going to just subcontract, you know, all these major things. Right. But when you're a, a lone wolf and you're building by yourself, it's tough. It's tough because the, the the contractors they have big you know builders who are going to con- continuously feed them work. Right. So they would stand us up, you know, obviously, and go with them. Jeez. Uh, so so many days, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, so and so is going to come by, Doesn't and then they didn't show up, Damn. and the work had to get done. Mm. So yeah, we did a lot of work ourselves. Right. Uh, I mean, we're talking blood, sweat, tears, mm. <laughs> prayers, prayers, <laughs> <laughs> everything. You know, <laughs> everything. Um, <laughs> because you know, you we chipped in the kids. You had the kids coming. Yeah, you. the kids were working. Oh, Everybody yeah. was working. <laughs> they were old enough to go grab stuff. If nothing else, get some iced tea, right? Or some lemonade. Right. Some lemonade. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> go yeah. grab the ice pack. <laughs> yeah, we needed lots of those and bandages. Yeah, and bandages too. Goodness, man. Yeah. Wow. So we built this right. beautiful, beautiful home, uh, 5,900 square feet, 1,800 of uh 1800 square feet of uh porches this is in texas so you know you need your porches uh yeah it was like that was my dream home this is a huge house 5900 square feet yeah this man yeah it was uh it's 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 uh it's beautiful the house uh, still remains there it's beautiful we ended up selling it in uh, 2014 okay and uh we did make uh, about a hundred and fifty profit on it. Nice, you know. There you go, good. And so it was. It was all worth it. Um, I would never do it that way again. You know, you learn as you go. Obviously, right. Uh, we did build another home in the same land because uh, the land had uh, multiple lots. Mm-hmm. And that one, we got a builder to build it. And uh, that was easy peasy, you know, <laughs> sign <laughs> here, do your little walks. Exactly. And then they're like, what color would you like? Mm-hmm. You know, we have beige and beige and beige. <laughs> and so, 
<laughs> but it was a it was a beautiful home, and I would totally do it again that way because in that home that was a very small home. It was from my in laws, mm-hmm. uh, so we built it and then we let them rent it, you know, from us. Uh, as they were getting older, you know, they didn't want to like own anything, so it was perfect for the situation that we were in at the time. Right. Um, but uh, this house, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, the loan was like a hundred thousand or one hundred and five thousand, and you know, mind you, we had the land, so that was already kind of paid for. But uh, we sold it uh, maybe two, two and a half years, three years later, and actually uh, made a hundred thousand on that. Wow! Uh, so right. yeah, it was a uh, it was a nice. It was a perfect home, you know, for for the size and uh, definitely like we made, you know, per square foot, we definitely made a lot more money from the little house than from the big house right. because, you know, the bigger you go, <laughs> the the price per square foot decreases. That's so true. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and the headaches increase, right? Oh, <laughs> through, through yes. Ownership. So there's that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot of lessons. I can tell you that uh, my kids uh, probably, I have one who's a senior in high school now. Well, he's starting, you know, next month. Um, he's probably definitely going to be in the building industry because he just kind of grew up around all this building right. stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, this is the stuff that, you know, you don't think about when you start doing this, especially when you have a family, but kids, they're, they're sponges, man. They absorb oh, yeah. everything. You know what I mean? And so if, if anything, if anything at all, your kids can absorb, it's the fact that you guys did it right. You know, you guys went from one house to another house, another house, you built your, your financial future, you know what I mean? And so, and boom, that's it. Like now your kids can go off. They have that in their head. They're like, yeah, this is what my mom and dad did. They built wealth with real estate. Like I can do it too. Even if I don't want to be a real estate mogul. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, you know, that there's always uh, opportunities uh, to make money and to better your life. Uh, you you got to take risks sometimes, yep. and and that's part of that risk, you know, learning something new and, you know, like uh, dealing with contractors and, you know, like so many things that you learn as you go that, oh, we didn't know that part was there. Like for us, building our house ourselves, by the time we built the one that was built by the builder, um, we were probably tough customers because, you know, we've already done, done this. You've done it yourself. So yeah. You can ask the tough questions, you know, uh, when we moved here to Florida, we ran it for a year and then, uh, we were trying to get into this particular neighborhood that I live in now. And that house was flawed. That the first house that we were looking at, it was just flawed. You know, from the minute we walked in, we we're like, Oh no, we're going to have to replace, you know, this and this and this and this and this. Right. Uh, it had been, I think, a foreclosure and then um, was picked up by some sort of an investing group. But they did not put a lot of money into it. You know how you, you could tell, like, you know, like they're gluing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like the cabinets in the kitchen are glued yep. and all this and that. So we already kind of knew that we had a long list of things that we were going to have to invest because we really wanted to be in this neighborhood. And um, when it came down to it, we had to play hardball with them. 
but they did not expect it because they didn't expect people to know how things are supposed to be done, you know, and, and we knew. So those are little lessons that you learn as you go that, you know, sometimes you do take that risk, but if you learn, because everything is written pretty much, you know, when it comes to the, the housing, the, the codes, that what can you do? What can a, a person do? Uh, the buyer, the, the seller during the transaction, we knew that there was a lot of things that were wrong, but we were kind of willing to just, you know, fix it up. But as it turned out, the uh, appraisal came in low, $20,000. Um, and then we had to kind of go to battle. I had a brand new realtor, her first deal. Oh, wow. Right. And, uh, in the in the contract, I always make sure that I write that it must appraise. It can be under, you know, it's a VA anyway. Right. But you know, you can always write stuff that you know you don't want to deal with. You know, you, you have to know your limit. So I wrote it in there, and sure enough, the house came under twenty thousand dollars under. Right. And we said, well, you know, drop your price. They said, no, we're not dropping the price. Well, by then they have, you know, a $20,000 down payment from us. And they said, no, you know, you're going to have to buy it. I said, no, that is not how it works. Nope. Deuce. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Later. My earnest money back. I'm good. Exactly. And, you know, we lost the the inspection money, Mm -hmm. you know, because you pay for that. Right. And I think in their mind, you know, we were going to, buy a 500 it was actually almost 600,000 uh dollar house just not to lose the inspection money you're out of your mind right so you always got to be ready to lose that money if you have to you know it's like investing in the in the stock market (laughs) you're gonna gamble that money (laughs) right be ready to lose it you know that's true. And, uh, and we were ready to do that. And we did. And I'm so glad because that house was just doomed. You know, there right. were so many things that were wrong with it. And think but, of how many, how much money that you saved. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, really that in that small investment was to make sure that the due diligence was done properly and you saved money by skipping out on that home. That's, that's a win. That's a win all day. So, yeah. Yep. So, Stick to your guns, but know the rules. You gotta read up. You gotta write the contract correctly, Absolutely. and then just be tough. It's negotiations for a reason. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Wow, Martha. Oh my goodness, so much amazing wisdom uh, for for this episode. I really, really appreciate you know this this your time here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, this has been this has been phenomenal, and I know that that this is going to awake a lot of people that are you know just on the edge, that are maybe you know scared, not sure if they should just do it right, just go in and make it happen. But I love your message that you started from the beginning: be a doer, just go out and do it, learn it, you figure it out, right? And know the rules. That's great. I want to take you into the bonus round real quick. I've got four questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First one, what's your favorite book? My very favorite book is the Four Hour Work Week. Ooh, Tim Ferriss. Love Tim Ferriss, yes. Love it. And and this is like a new favorite since I retired. I wish obviously the the book would have been around when we were doing more with less. You know how the military always tells you 
that. Yep. Yep. And uh, we did that for so many years. But this book really puts it in a in a way that anybody can understand it. And, um, you know, coming from the NCO ranks, you know, obviously you're enlisted first and then NCO, you're so used to being a doer. And then you become an officer and you have to delegate. Right. Because yeah. there's no way you're going to take all 300 of your soldiers and talk with them, right? You just can't do it. It's physically impossible. I had some hard lessons to learn, you know, as a lieutenant, because I wanted to be there doing it. And the NCOs would be like, hey, you need to back off. Go do that because we're going to do this, you know, and, and you learn. But with this book, it talks about how to delegate. <clears throat> you know, you, you got to step back. You got to use your resources wisely so that you can multiply yourself. Right. You know, <clears throat> it's a force multiplier. And uh, in life, if you could be a force multiplier, whether it is raising your kids or doing chores, or buying real estate, uh, you you win. You win every time. Um, because when we just get ourselves so caught up into the, the doing, we forget that uh, we could affect more people, more things when we delegate. And not everything can be delegated, obviously, but it's, it's a great book. It's a great lesson. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A phenomenal and hit it right on the head with that force multiplication thing. That's, that's huge. So, um, definitely good wisdom there, guys. Make sure you read that book. There will be a link in the show notes page to that. All right. Awesome. Question number two, who is your biggest hero and why? My dad. <clears throat> My dad was an immigrant to the United States. He had a second grade education in Spanish, of course, so he didn't speak any English. Mm -hmm. but yet, at the age of 41, he immigrated to New York, New York City. New York? Uh, cold, you know, cold weather, mm -hmm. uh, coming from the Caribbean. So everything was different, like everything that you can possibly imagine. The people, the culture, the, the climate, the language, the work. You know, he was a taxi driver in the Dominican Republic, and then he came here to be a factory worker. He came here because he was looking for a better life for his family. And no matter what, my dad always had like the best attitude. He always had a smile. It didn't matter how hard the day was. My dad was always happy and he did it all for his family. So he's my hero. Outstanding. That is beautiful. Where where is your uh, where's your family from, Martha? Where did he immigrate from? Uh, we came from the Dominican Republic. All right, Santiago. Santiago, I love it, love it. That is so cool, man. I, I honestly, I have so much love and respect for um, you know for families that have come from abroad. You know, my my family as well came from Jamaica, right, to come and have this new life. So it's just it's so crazy, you know, when you have that perspective from oh absolutely different right and coming into a world where there's so much opportunity it's it blows my mind and so like you know having lived that first generation life my whole my whole life you know i look at things myself and i see man i'm being lazy i'm being spoiled i'm being i'm not taking advantage of this opportunity that i have here being in this country having so much opportunity to create wealth or to live a better life i need to change my mindset and i need to make it happen let me start getting 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I am grateful every day. And I know it sounds a little corny, but I love the United States because of the opportunities, but you have to take them. You're here now. Take those opportunities every day. Go find whatever it, whatever it is that you want to do. You could do it in this country. In other countries, not so much. Right. So true. So true. Awesome. Ooh, all right. <laughs> we'll move on from that. All right. Question number three. What do you like to do for fun? I like to travel. Awesome. All right. Yep. Where, anywhere in particular you like to travel or just in general? In general. I like to uh, just go places, meet people, uh, do what they do. Um, I try to hit at least one new place every year. Uh, this year I went to Austria Ooh. and that was uh, super fun in the Alps. And, uh, you know, every culture has like all of these wonderful things about them. And uh, I found um, the Austrians to be uh, very warm and uh, just kind of like watching how many thousands of years, you know, they've been there. And I look at, wow, they've been here. Some people have never left. But they have like this wonderful like system, you know, that works. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, delighted to spend some time this summer there. Cool. That is awesome. All right. Definitely have to add that on my uh, places to go. That's good, man. Austria. All right. All right. Question number four. If you have three nuggets of wisdom to give to those who are just getting started, what would they be? One, be a doer. Get up every day and go do it. Don't look at your phone. No, you're wasting time. Use your phone as a tool. Mm -hmm. uh, two, do it when you're going by. So life is a one-way train, okay? And if you were going to grab that bagel or you were going to grab that house or you were going to grab that whatever degree or training, do it on your way in. Don't think that you're going to have time on your way out. The way out, you never know how rushed that's going to be. That's so true. So do it. And, and three, spend time with your loved ones. Like remind them how much you love them every day uh, because time is so short. Wow. Mic drop, guys. That is absolutely awesome. And thank you so much for that valuable wisdom. I think that's so true. I love the bit, you know, where you're talking about do it on the way in, right? Because you have no idea what's around the corner. You keep waiting for things to happen in life and they never come because you never have the opportunity. You keep pushing it off and pushing it off. That's so, so, so true. I love that. Martha, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely love it. Um, you are a phenomenal example of what it's supposed to look like, right? When you start out in the military, you know, you got your first property as an E5, you kept that in, in your in your the back of your head, and you let that bug continue to bite you as you went across the ranks. You completed a full, you know, uh, service to the military, 24 years. Congratulations on your retirement. Um, Martha, wish you best of success. You are a great American. <laughs> Thank you. It is my pleasure. And I'm always here to answer questions. You can hit me up on LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, always ready to jump into the conversation.
Love it. Love it, guys. Well, guys, there will be uh, links in the show notes page to how to get in contact with Martha. Make sure that you reach out to her. She is a wealth of wisdom there. Martha, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you having, uh, having you on the show. Thank you. All right. Take care. Outstanding. That was an awesome episode. Thanks so much to our special guest and thanks to you for listening. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure you go and do that or schedule a call with us by texting ADPI to 444-999 or checking out our website at www.activedutypassiveincome.com to find out how you can get started on your financial freedom journey today. I'll see you guys next week.